This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He's now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping out the rest of the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bits. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the show. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get it on the road. Hey. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Ladder and James Boyd. Welcome to the July 1st edition of One Nation Radio. Josh, what's going on, man? Hey, man. How's it going, Rich? Uh, Joining us today is James. James, what's going on, man? Nothing. You see this, America? You see how they did me? I've been replaced. Josh is the one on location, and I'm I'm out here bringing it in, uh, bringing it in uh, via Skype. Hey, James, and now uh, what we have? See first... how they switch it up? Josh, Josh told y'all months ago this was the plan. See, <laughs> long term booking, you know, see? here on One Nation Radio. Normalizing, normalizing. Hey. hey, when we have first time guests come on the show, we like them to introduce themselves, let our viewers get to know them. <laughs> Tell us what your favorite wrestling match is, man. My favorite wrestling match was up in a squash show. Every time I see him, sit on my show. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Oh, but it's all good. Yeah, man, I'm 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 at the house sick as fuck. But, yeah, uh, James is sick like I was sick during WrestleMania weekend. I don't know if it was that bad. Are, are you are you as sick as I was? Bro, I told I, I told you the other day. I thought like I was having trouble breathing. Like so. Yeah, that's that pretty James, bad. James is unable to kick out of sickness today. Yeah, he he he, did, he would not no sell today. No. Um, so we want to we wanted to get together and have a show uh, this week. Obviously, uh, we hadn't done one. Um, one of the plans fell through, uh, so we ended up pushing it back for a couple days till now. So um, it's been a busy week in wrestling. Personally, I wrote three wrestling columns this week. I don't know, um, you know, I haven't done that in like ages. Uh, so it felt good to get back out there. A um, couple things going on. Like, what's going on in wrestling this week? Tonight we got the G1 special. We're recording this right before that. Um, so tomorrow night's Slammiversary. Not that anybody follows it, but there's news with TNA going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, well Jeff Jarrett, Ultimate Finesser. Um, <laughs> yeah. Absolute, you know. Do you, you want to just get these Jeff Jarrett jokes in now, James? Yeah, man. Like. Has anyone in any is anyone in this business ever been more mediocre and has gotten like <laughs> more chances at the same time in, in wrestling? Like, and I mean, like after the territories closed, it's one thing to be like, "Oh, you're a gigantic dude and you're acting stale," so you just go from the Carolinas to Florida to Georgia to Texas to Mid South to you know yeah. to California when they come back around the loop. This dude has been on TV for 20 years, just being this this so Longer just so that. four out of yeah. ten for for 20 years. Yeah. So um, Jeff Jarrett, former WCW World Champion and Intercontinental Champion, and all that. He NWA yeah. Champion, NWA champion, champion, TNA Champion. Any other belts? Global Force Champion. Did what, he did he win what, that belt? What, what was the famous quote about about uh, Jeff Jarrett? In the words of Mike Graham: "Broke ten thousand guitars and never drew a dime." <laughs> um. So uh, tonight, well, I mean, let's get started first on where we were going to uh, go. Uh, we were on the phone earlier, and James wanted to share his thoughts on the Okada and Omega match, uh, the rematch that happened. That was the sixty-minute draw. So, what do you think, think of it, it's James? A classic. Yeah, I think it's a classic. I heard from a few people um, that they believed it was better. I think Richie thought it was better than the first match, right? I was like, it headed that way. Like I was like blown away both times. I don't know if it's better than the first match. I don't really have an opinion because I haven't watched it back with the commentary live. I've only watched it in a club with a bunch of noise. Mm. Okay, so I watched. I watched both of them. I, I didn't. I knew the finish to the first one. I did not know the finish to the second one. That being said, like I don't see how they're even in the same classes of match. Hmm. Like, 
mean, the fit one, the finish is just, you know, like that's like I saw there was like I, I found out in the middle of the match there was a sixty second time a sixty minute time limit uh-huh. and then all of a sudden like they get down to us like they're gonna do a fucking draw aren't they? <laughs> that's why I didn't <laughs> want to tell you <laughs> they're going to do a fucking draw Look, aren't they? now now I I felt like um, I should get some credit for this James you know for not ruining that for you so I got you to commit sixty minutes of your life you know into watching I wish, wrestling I wish you had, I wish you had ruined that for me I would have watched I would have been like okay I'll watch it but like I'm not gonna be out here like at the end of it like like when it was 30 minutes there was a part where like the, you know the match was good and then it gets great obviously just towards the end of the match like the last Correct. section of the match like the last the third act if you will and I'm sitting there watching I'm seeing that what's going on I'm like they're gonna go 60 minutes and it's just gonna be a Broadway <laughs> right um yeah, Dave Meltzer famously gave it six point two five stars. I so, guess he, I, I guess he I, thought it was better than the first one, so he had to do that. He didn't have I don't to see, do that. I don't, he could have rated. Josh, them. what's your opinion on the match? Uh, okay, so I do think that the first match was better. It does seem like a lot of fans came out and said that they thought the sequel was better. I think that might have to do with just hype and initial reaction to the match. But um, I've got two. If you haven't seen the match, you know, spoiler alerts, there's some things about the second match that I don't personally like. I don't like the portion in the match where Kenny Omega gets hit with two Rainmakers in a row. And then... And he uh, doesn't cover them. He doesn't, he, doesn't co- cover. he doesn't cover them. And then he's, like, begging the referee to stop the match. I'm like, come on, man, you're the champion. If you want him to stop the match, you need to bludgeon this dude until he's dead. Like, that... You know, well, gotta kick the shit out of that man. He did, and from a yeah. K, from a kayfabe perspective, I just didn't like that. I understand why they did it for the story, but it, it was a flaw. Um, there was one also I, who's the heel and who's the face. Oh, it's Japan. Yeah, it, it's not. I, I know, I know, it's Japan. But Bullet Club is what? Bullet Club are heels. They're heels sometimes, that, but they're cool heels. So I'm like, what, what? Why do I care if they throw the talent on this heel? Fuck him. Well, because there's an internal struggle. There's yeah, the, there's the, a power struggle. There's about a to power happen. struggle between the heels. I know, and the I know, I know. Still, fuck him. Look, there, there's some of that story that everyone says is you know just so absent from New Japan matches and everything else like that. But, so, but ultimately, right. my opinion on the match is that the first one, when I watched it, I was like, this is flawless. I don't see anything wrong with it. You can watch it. It's one of those matches you can show to your friends and be like, "This is what wrestling is." I think it's the perfect match. This other one, I has- wouldn't show. I, I look. I agree with you to a certain extent. I wouldn't show them that match because I don't think that my friends would sit around for a forty-seven minute wrestling match, no matter how damn good it was. I don't know, man. I remember watching it and being like, "How long has this match been going? Twenty minutes?" And it's like, "Oh, this is forty-five minutes in." I'm like, "Holy crap!" But yeah, I saw the same. I saw the same thing. I thought it was like a half hour long match. On the on the flip side of things, I think there's more storytelling in the second match versus the athletic displays and the big spots in the first match. With that being said, I think that in the second match, in order to really get it and enjoy it, you can't in a vacuum just watch that by itself and enjoy it as much as the first match. You have to exactly. You have to have, you have seen to see the first match. And for that reason, I don't think it's as good. I think it's right up there with it. I think it's great. I don't think the ending's as satisfying, but uh, yeah, I, I think the first match is better. Um, so it looks like we're getting part three in the G1. Oh, uh, they're going to get the 30-minute sprint, and I feel like that one, they might break seven. You know, like, like, why can't it be better? I'm at, the, I'm at this point with them. Like, why can't it be better? Bro, you believe so hard. I am. Well, my, my thing is this, right? I hope I, I hope it, it shows up in the G1 because if it doesn't, like, let's say they don't get out of their blocks for whatever reason. Like, let's say, or they, you know, like. Oh, no, no, they, no. They're they, scheduled to wrestle. It's, it's scheduled. Okay. All right. So, like, my whole thing at this point is, like, why would you, in theory, why would you want, other than that, it'll be because it's an awesome match, duh. Why would you want to see another Okada Omega match? Like, the first match, Omega won. I'm sorry, Okada won. And then the second match, Okada beat him so bad in the middle of the match that they almost had to throw the towel in on him. And then he had him beat, he had him beat, but the clock ran out by, you know, the clock was, you know, if there were five more seconds in the match, you would have pinned him. It's because he can't beat Kenny Omega. Like, like, he couldn't beat him that time, at least. You know, he beat him in... Oh, you want the hill to overcome. I see. Gotcha. Yeah. 
you know, thank you, man. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but it's not exactly that. It's, the thing that immediately threw me off in the match was the first section of the match where Okada uh, does a dive on Omega on the floor, tweaks his knee, quote unquote. That's the other part. And then I does like. a whole, and then does a whole section where he does nothing but work on it over his leg. Thank you. Throws him on the table on his knee. Uh, Throws him on the apron onto his on his knee, puts him in I think something like a figure four. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. the very next thing you know, boom! Okada's running all around the place and then like never sells the knee the rest of the match. I for you the know next, like what that, forty minutes. That's exactly what I couldn't remember. The other thing I didn't like about the match. That's my other big. I mean, I drop, feel like that's, away. that's easily explained. You know, in, no, in, no, it's not. in Japan, you know, there's a thing no, called fighting spirit. No, you know, and you power through those things. You know, and he's a champion. You know, but he never, but he never even like he grabbed his sold it again. or whatever. He even sold it the rest of the match. Like that was just like a section of the match. He, Look, like, fifteen minutes if, of the match. If Okada could wrestle Minoru Suzuki and get oh beat and get his leg beat on for forty minutes, he's not going to crumple for under Kenny Omega. I'm so hard in kayfabe right now. Right? <laughs> yeah, you are. Yes, you really are. Another part about the match that got me was like all the different elements in the first match from. I mean, all the outside stuff, and that's another part. Well, like they, their outside stuff in this match was like this is right, like it's pretty much like the biggest part is at, right after he does the need stuff. Okada's like doing the uh, jumping over the over the uh, uh, the barricade part, and do a splash. I'm like, Dude, you just you just hurt your knee. You're running around like this. What what is this? And then a, a lot of the second match is. Snap, snap, dragon suplex, snap, dragon suplex, drop kick, drop kick, and I was and I was just like, all right, well, this is awfully repetitive. And then the first match, I didn't think, I never thought, I never thought of the match as repetitive at any point. Like I actually got pulled out of the match at points in the second match. Hmm. I thought because I was like, I thought like, a these lot moves are the- very similar. I did think in this in this match there was a lot of drop kicks and, and that sort of thing, but I thought that they were well placed to where like it made sense. Like I thought Okada got his drop kick over as one of the most vicious moves. In like that's just a match. finisher now to me. Yeah, like, it's almost <laughs> like a finisher. It's crazy. Except you can't finish nobody with it. <laughs> the thing is, always I always thought of his, his of his drop kick is basically like his, his signature move. You know what I mean? Right. Like. Or is or a gigantic counter that lays out or is, or is equalizer. So for me to see it that often, I was like, okay, like he's not doing. He's like, it, it is a weird thing. Like I mean, but obviously, like the violence was there, the desperation was there, the intensity was there, especially in the second um, third of the match. Um, the emotion was there, but for me, it just like it was all the stuff you wanted. A great match was there, and I still think the match was a classic, but. Like I just would just very I would just like for anybody that like that watched both of those matches and have memory of the first match and see and says like the second one but I, I would like to see like in their mind where are they getting that? What would you rate it, James? I'm torn like on them, but um, yeah, what, what I just said. <clears throat> um, so the first match I wouldn't have gave it a six. I would have gave it like five and. Five and a half or whatever. I would give this match like five. Shame. Maybe, wow. Shame on those guys. <laughs> Shame on those guys. Like I said, it's an absolute classic. Like, I, I mean, I, like I said at the beginning, I'm saying it in the middle, I'm saying it at the end. It's an absolute classic, but like, we're comparing this to, like, the match I saw at Rose Kingdom might be the greatest match I've ever seen. Like, this one, I'm, I'm not even think. I don't think so. Oh, no. God. Wow. Like, I wouldn't even, like, I would put it I would say it's, it's obviously one of the best matches I would I'd ever seen. But what I'd be like, yeah, best match you ever seen? I'd be like, no. All right, now let's look. Looking forward uh, between Okada and Cody Rose. Now we're not really going to do too much analysis on it because this match is going to happen. So I want to reflect like on Okada's title reign over the last like year, uh, where he wins the belt back from Naito, he defeats Marufuji, uh, he goes into Wrestle Kingdom. Stop me if I'm forgetting something. Uh, has a six-star match with Kenny Omega. Then he fights Minoru Suzuki. 
and probably like the best like example of selling I've ever seen. Then he goes in and fights Shibata, I believe. No, uh, Tiger, oh, Tiger Mask W. Yes, Tiger Mask W, yeah. uh, which is Kota Ibushi. And then he goes in to fight Shibata. Shibata, and Shibata basically dies for all of our sins. Like, look, I like it. I don't think the match is necessarily better, but I like the Shibata match better than. The match we just that we just had the mm-hmm. Dominion match. The Shibata match might be better than this match. Like, I like that better. <clears throat> then um, he took bad luck Fale to four stars, <laughs> and then <laughs> no, they always work well together, though. Yeah, they always do. You know, if you were wrestling all the time, great, you might have a chance too, Josh. <laughs> Quick question: What's the better achievement? Shibata getting a four star match out of Fale or Roman Reigns getting a four star match out of out of Strowman at uh, Fastlane? Gotta be Fale. Fale. Yeah. You mean uh, o- o- Okada getting it? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Battle of Fale is like he's nowhere near as athletic as Braun Strowman is. Um, okay. But um, with that said, like, did AJ or excuse me, did um. Okada just have the greatest one year like of a champion heavyweight championship reign ever. He hasn't. It hasn't even been a full year, and, and he already might have had it. Like well, we're at the, we're at the what's better than right this? Now. It's just July first. What's no? I'm talking about since he won the title, which was like when did he win it back last year? He won at he Dominion won of last match, year for Naito. Yeah, which that match is great too, and his G1 run was great last year as well. I don't think we've ever seen a better heavyweight champion. Like in in, a, in consecutive big matches uh, in wrestling history, um, you, it, people might want to bring up Ric Flair in '89. You can bring up Shawn Michaels in 1996, but he wasn't this. Flair '85 like, was great too. Like this dude Okada. Like you know, I heard some earlier in the year. Like yeah, he's our, he's going to be the greatest wrestler ever, or he is the greatest wrestler ever ever already. Well, he's got he's. It looks like he's about to build that resume, and and we're in the early stages of it. The funny thing with with uh, Okada, there are people that love him, and there are people that hate him. There's not really too much middle road from what I see, mm-hmm. but everybody <laughs> at this point right now has to admit the greatness of this run. Now, the funny thing, the people that don't like him, they think that this great run is due to the string of great opponents that he's in there with, and they're like, yeah, anyone who has this many great opponents could have a run like this. But on the flip side, if you're being real with yourself... Nobody has ever had a run like this. <laughs> That's not named like Mizawa, you know what I mean? Like or Kobashi. Like it, uh-huh. this is crazy. Uh, and even then, that was like back in the mid '90s. Like it's no one has had this many string of big match. This many people. At, it's it's incredible. And uh, yeah, it just shows that this guy might be the best in the world right now. And my thing would be about that would be this is like okay, so. Like, you look at the talent that's been around New Japan for the past, what, three, four years? Like, and how come, like, AJ didn't have this kind of year two years ago? Hmm. You know what I mean? He had good... He had it, good. it was good. Like, Okada just, no, like, he, was no, better. He did, I mean, he was wrestler of the year still, but I, you know what I mean? Like, it still wasn't this. Yeah, like, right. Okada's winning wrestler of the year in the Observer, no question. The, like, thing, the thing, too, with AJ, AJ was having great years, and he was wrestling much, even higher quality caliber matches with top stars over what Okada had this past year. Uh-huh. If you look at his run, he went it was like Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura. <laughs> like they gave, they were giving him all the biggest names with the biggest talent. Um so let's talk about some WWE. Uh John Cena will be coming back next week uh to SmackDown. Uh what what are you guys looking for out of Cena? Who who do we think that he's going to be matched up with? After all this is, is all said and done, got to be Corbin, right? Um, I would think they'd be they'd save that for when, <clears throat> whenever Cena wants to win the title back, and they go ahead and do their old lazy booking and and do a money in the bank cash in because no one's been cashed in on more times than John Cena. Well, how do you? Well, okay, so how do you shine up? I mean, if you're playing this to actually like. Get the guy that won money in the bank over and continue that process. I mean, I know we don't really, you know, do the whole thing of building guys anymore, but, <laughs> um, 
like if that's the case, then like what else is there for Corbin to do right now? He's going to continue fighting Sami Zayn. That's going to get him more over. I, I think he's going to fight Nakamura next. Like that's where they're going to go with it. But oh, that uh, okay. terrible. Yeah, I mean he's going to start. He's going to do some jobs on pay per view to uh, Nakamura. So you think so? Because I'm almost feeling like uh, I think he, I think he'll beat Nakamura. I think he'll beat. Nakamura. I don't. I don't because like they are still protecting Nakamura to a degree, and you know how they like to beat the money in the bank winner. Oh, he has a briefcase, whatever. They'll never see it coming when he cashes in. Yeah. I think they're going to subscribe to that theory. Except for this money in the bank uh, briefcase holder really needs some wins. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a little different this time. What do we have? Um, Monday Night Raw, Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe. uh, Probably the hottest WWE match in, in six months or so. Uh, with, with, you know, these guys going against each other, how have you guys felt about this feud and the, the build to Great Balls of Fire? Like, I wrote a column on it, but I'm interested to see what you guys uh, had to say about it. I thought it was awesome uh, during the pay-per-view when that match was booked really well, the five-way that they had uh, back at, what was that, Extreme Rules? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, everybody came out looking strong. Except for Bray Wyatt. Nobody cares about Bray Wyatt. But everybody came out looking strong. And uh, Roman basically destroyed everybody. And then in the end, they all teamed up against him. Uh, you know, Finn basically got his stuff in. and then. But when Joe came in and choked him out, it was so believable that he's like, he picked the right time, picked the right spot. He got the victory. But everyone looked like they could have won that match. Right. So from that point, I was like, I wonder how, how much they're going to push Samoa Joe in this position. But... Man, they've made him look like a freaking superstar, bro. Like, he looks like he yeah. is neck and neck right on the same level and just as legitimate and authentic as Brock Lesnar. I can... Uh, okay, so my question for you is this. Have they have they positioned Joe as a, as a top star in the company? No. Or I believe so, yes. Do I think they position him as he's actually a peer of Brock Lesnar's? No, because they it's everything they've shown in. And I mean, maybe it's tied to the part that that um that he's that he's the heel in this program, and and Brock is clearly the face because like <laughs> he's having his manager get jumped. Um, he's he's sucker or he's sucker headbutt him. I don't think this is necessarily uh, a, a face versus down. heel thing. It's like a monster versus monster. This is monster. bully versus bully. Like, and yeah. these dudes right. are... But every, t- but every time Joe has, did some t- has done something, it's been from a place of... You can look Cowardice. at it as if there, if, there was, if there were to be a face, Brock would be the face. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's pretty much like when we talk about the Roman Reigns feuds with AJ or with Daniel Bryan, where it's face versus face... But if you were to look at the storyline, if you were to position somebody to be booed, you would pick Roman. In this one, if you position somebody to be cheered, in theory, it would be Brock. Gotcha. Um, so for me, <clears throat> like, I think they built him up as a star. And I think, you know, when they've actually, like, tried to do stuff with Joe, he's he's hit the ball out the park every single time with him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, this is Samoa Joe. Oh, go ahead, James. I just, I just hope that they continue this, and I hope that they have they actually have a real match. I, I just hope they have a real match. I feel like this was Samoa Joe's uh, coming out party. This was his. You better lose yourself in the music the moment you own it. You better <laughs> never let it go. You only got one shot, like, <laughs> um, and you, you might not get this opportunity again. And Samoa Joe, uh, I wrote in my column, has essentially been preparing his whole life to to fight against Brock Lesnar, like, <laughs> you know, in, in theory. Yeah, I've always I've always equated that to. Uh, like, uh, if you get a guest verse on Outcast song, you better catch be running like Randy Moss. Like, the <laughs> same thing, like, like, the fat, like the Killer Michael or the whole world. Like, you better, you better rip it. Yeah. You only got one shot. Yeah. So, we, we need to hear, uh, you know, we need to see what Samoa Joe does with his chance, but I feel like he's going to strike. But, like I said, I have heard, a real match. I heard on Bischoff's podcast where he was discussing this and he was talking about how Bruce Pritchard in the past has, uh, come out and said that. Once one of the problems with WWE booking is that when they decide what direction they're going to go with a major show or a superstar's direction, they'll never call an audible, mm-hmm. even if it's what the you know what makes most business sense, right? From a demand standpoint or from a performance standpoint, and he was saying that he hopes that instead of them 
just clinging so hard to their plans for Braun Strowman or their plans for Roman or what have you, that if Joe is really getting over the way that it seems like he is, that they should actually do something just with it. Just fucking roll with it. Yeah, roll with it. Don't don't lose out on the opportunity to make money because they got a guy right now who looks as believable as any of their big stars they've had in the past, but they didn't... To speak to what you said earlier, James, you said, have they positioned him as a big star? In the past, I don't think they have, no. personally. Like, this is his first, like, main event yeah. program, like, in WWE. This I don't the care about the Rollins will, feud, nothing. Well, what I mean is, okay, so when he first came in, he came in, he choked out uh, Seth. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Choked out Seth, and also got more over because he took a put him on the shelf with the knee. Hold on one second. <coughs> So then from there, um, he cuts the uh, like the backstage promo with I think either Cole or Graves, can't remember which one, and it was great. And then he started to feud with Sami Zayn, and that feud with Sami Zayn was really, really good. And they positioned him as he was a monster, and he kept jumping out on Sami Zayn. And then they had a match, and the match was it wasn't one of the, it wasn't a match you would want Joe to have. I mean, it was impressive. That he beat Sami Zayn, but it's still Sami Zayn the way they push him. Like that's really enough to win for him. But you rather have him just beat the hell out of Sami Zayn than have a competitive match if he actually is a real legit star because they don't think Sami Zayn's a star. Yeah. Um, and then it came WrestleMania time, and then the dude that was one of the top five acts on the company they said go away because it's time <laughs> to the game uh, in the game in the in the WrestleMania picture. Uh, so <laughs> then, he, then he came back, and then like. To be honest with you, I don't know what they did with him in that time frame because I was I was on today. Oh, not playoffs. much. That's the thing. They didn't do much with him. They they brought him yeah. in, they brought him in hot, and yeah, he had like a a good angle where he was putting uh, people on the shelf and stuff to get him over as a goon. But nothing about that to me spoke to the idea that hey, this guy could be the champion, right? But all of a sudden, it's like this dude looks like the killer that he was in 05. Mm-hmm. This dude looks like I the dude you. from TNA and Ring of Honor all of a sudden. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll see. We'll they, see they about brought, all that. They brought the real Joe back. Yeah. Like, he's definitely I there. As a, he's got the, the character down. We're going to see what happens um, when we get into the ring uh, with Brock Lesnar on that. Uh, we also had the return of Braun Strowman, who was not finished with Roman Reigns, apparently. And um, it is uh, not too late to rename this pay-per-view In Your House... I'm not done with you yet, <laughs> Roman. <laughs> yep, I'm not done with you yet, Roman. Uh, so these guys are gonna have an ambulance match, and the you know basically it's just like a casket match. You got to put your opponent in you know the area uh, and incapacitate him and beat the hell out of him with no rules. I think these guys are going to have a phenomenal match. These ambulance matches usually deliver. As weird as that sounds, I don't think I've seen a bad one. <clears throat> Um, Pretty we'll see. I'm excited to see uh, to see those two wrestle again because I mean, there's like there's like a weird element of like danger for for Roman and like any other match because he's so you know Supermanish that it doesn't seem like he's like you know even if he loses he'll just struggle it off and keep and be back in the title picture in a month or two or three like almost like Cena at this point um, or Cena back then. So it's actually cool to see him like like what's going to happen. Yeah, it is man. also fun to watch him get his ass whooped too. Yeah, man, when he threw Roman Reigns against that ambulance, like that shit was like nuts. You know what really scared me? Not the fact that he went off, he bounced off the ambulance. Once he bounced off the ambulance, and then he had fell. to stick his hand out to avoid landing face first on like the edge of like the the lighting equipment, and I was like, oh my god. Yes, more of that, please. Uh, anytime you guys can beat no, the hell out of Roman Reigns, no, no more of that. That man might get slashed open out here. You don't need him on the shelf. Um, I want to get you guys another uh, thing that happened this week. Uh, Brian Alvarez went on a huge rant, um, co-signing a lot of uh, sentiments that I may have made known on this podcast or in the Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group when I implored WWE to please help your baby faces. You were doing nothing except just like making people angry, trolling, making your faces look like geeks. Keeping the best guys 
out of positions that everyone wants to see him in. Like, you know, as much as we, we you know, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens is going to be awesome if they do, they go that route. You know, it's ultimately for the U.S. title, and it's a diversion from AJ Styles not being on top of the car where he should be on SmackDown. And <clears throat> they, I feel like they've massively struggled as of late, and they're taking the approach that, you know, for any dumbass, you know, that can come out there and get booed, you know, let's let's just get booed. Let's let's do things and fuck it. Well, the the big thing that and you you alluded to this is that they're his whole point, Brian Alvarez, is that everything they do is to get heat. And when he was talking about that, this was really interesting. He was talking about uh, he was doing his retro reviews, and for weeks and weeks. Every week on television, Stone Cold, when he was in his feud with Vince, which was the biggest business they ever did, by the way, go figure, (laughs) uh, Vince never got one over on Stone Cold. Maybe he said, like, one week Vince finally pulled something on him to get heat. One week for, like, every every five. Exactly. So it's like, oh, you want to, like, draw money. Why don't you actually build up your baby faces? I mean, look at the model. Like, they want to stick to their old model, but... They're not following the model. I mean, Hulk Hogan didn't get beat up every single week on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Stone Cold didn't get beat up every single week. When they did get beat up, it was a big deal, and you remember it. You remember when Earthquake squashed Hogan, or you remember when uh, Bundy squashed Hogan, or any number of guys squashed Hogan? (laughs) Yes. Because it was a big deal, because that just didn't happen. But nowadays, every single face on WWE TV that's not named Roman Reigns it's right. destroyed week in and week out, and they it sucks. <clears throat> yeah, or they're talking with this like ridiculous, like you know, just kind of corny, campy, campiness, like Rollins is doing right now. Right, but the thing, but the, the thing was like they brought they brought it to light was with him was the fact that they had the Money in the Bank women's match. Ellsworth wins the damn thing for uh, Carmella. Then they basically say, you know what? On, on the next, on two two days later, go redoing the match next week. Then they redo the match, and then Carmella goes, and, and then uh, he interferes. Ellsworth interferes again in the match. He gets what he should have got in the, the pay per view match, and then Carmella wins the way that she should have won had she won the thing anyway. So it's like, so you one, you wasted my time, and two, you just did this to piss people off again. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was by design. I, I didn't have a problem with her winning it the second time, uh, because if they were going to commit to her the first time on pay-per-view, I mean, you don't really you go away from your booking, but that makes no sense. Like, you know, I, I heard people say, wait for the story, you know, it's a story to play out. I'm like, what's your story? She's still money in the bank holder, and you could have just avoided all the bullshit, you know. You could have not wasted our time. Exactly. You think about it. If you, like to me, I don't know about y'all, but the first match was the better match. A little bit more, you know, stunts. Longer and and more stuff got fucked up. Hmm. And there were less crazy bumps in it. Now, what else uh, can we get to this week in WWE? Also, RIP to uh, James Oliver's nuts. Bad to hurt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um,. I would like to see a feud between Becky and Carmella grow out of this, and I would like to see her armbar James Ellsworth. Becky Lynch versus James Ellsworth at SummerSlam? They'll never do that. <laughs> no, no, they're not doing that. We're back from some technical difficulties. Um, another huge thing that happened in uh, WWE this week, the big baller brand came to Monday Night Raw. Uh, LeVar Ball, LaMelo Ball, and Lonzo Ball... Uh, came out there and they did a segment with the Miz, uh, you know, uh, Laker Lonzo Ball, I might add, you know. So, James, <laughs> I just want to let you know that they've given me LeVar Ball now. They have given me okay. LeVar Ball for like the next, you know, amount of foreseeable years. I, I hope you know you have to live with this, right? That's fine by me. So, um, for those of you that, you know, saw the segment, LeVar Ball is an unhinged character. Uh, I feel like he is the the greatest worker in sports right now. No, the best worker in sports is Jinder Mahal. 
Oh, well, oh Josh, we're going to get into that, too. No, wait, wait, no, no, no. Well, Josh, seeing that you're there, um, I want to ask you, what were your thoughts on on LaMelo Ball uh, saying, quote, beat that nigga's ass twice on live <laughs> national television? Uh, I think that it's hypocritical for... Oh, a- no, 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 no. We don't want to hear what you want to say. I just wanted to fuck with you. Now, let's move on. Oh, <laughs> wow. I just want to put him on the spot. Um. So, uh, the the you segment that they had had a good point, but whatever, I don't care. <laughs> this the the segment that they had, uh, as James alluded to, it was uh, Lamelo Ball, Lamelo Ball saying, getting excited and saying, "Beat that nigga ass uh, twice." While Dean Ambrose walked out in a big baller brand T shirt, I just want to talk about how how Laval, Lavar Ball finessed his way into thirty minutes on the USA Network off of nothing more than his mouth. Like they had the segment with the Miz, and then those guys went in the back, and then Dean Ambrose continued to wrestle the match in the Big Baller Brand T-shirt. Gotcha. Okay. So, shouts out to Levar Ball, Uh, James. What did you think of this? It was a train wreck. I think that because they knew from watching his style, how he like does his thing, that they pretty much treated him like they should treat their wrestlers. It seemed to me like. There was a broad skeleton of what they were supposed to do. And they sort of followed it. And they said, LeVar, go out there and do you and say what you want to say. But you got to follow this line of you're here, you're happy, you bring your son out. And then you you tell Miz that, you know, you're not high profile enough. And you're going to go with the big baller, Dean Ambrose, which is kind of ironic because, like, the the ball family are selling, like, $500, $600 pair of tennis shoes. Meanwhile... Your, your boy Ambrose getting dropped off in a in a uh, in a Ford Ranger and shit to <laughs> yes. from show to show. Walking like, town okay. to town. Yeah, he's he, he's literally the original drifter before this this dude showed up with a guitar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You guys were saying yeah, that so, for like years too. That's funny. Yes, I've been saying it for years. Yes. <laughs> so, like, besides that point, you know what's. like once the the whole thing happened with the Suns, like they had to pull them immediately. They had to go. Um, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I think it's going to be the hands down the funniest thing on WWE TV in 2017. I don't see how anything else comes close. I ran the video back close to 40 times uh, immediately after it happened. <laughs> I was I was like, this is insane. It. I watched it once. I didn't want to watch the awkwardness again. Oh my like, gosh, it was great. Like, because of disconnect. To me, he's funny, but like I know to the people watching, <laughs> like I don't get it. I'm like that. You should, because if you got it, you will have so much fun with this. Yes, it, it was all over Twitter. The memes were amazing. Uh, the WWE 2K18 pre-order edition with LaMelo Ball in the front. The Beat That Nigga Ass edition. Like, that was like, it was great. <laughs> Did you see that? What? Did you great see that? Match. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll send it to you. I, <laughs> I'm, yeah, hold on. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, it, uh, you guys can check out the uh, one. I'm going to put it up on the One Nation Radio Wrestling Instagram page. Um, and you guys can check it out. But um, The Miz, I think, should be commended for his role in the segment because as off the the rails as it was, I don't feel like Miz ever lost control. Like, he was always steering the conversation and ready to handle something and looking like a true pro out there. Um well, I would say this. If you remember before WrestleMania when they were having the Miz and Nikki uh talking parts of the um the couples um tag match. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? If you remember how Miz was basically coaching on live air, coaching Maurice through her promo, explaining like why they have her and Nikki have beef. That was a lot more difficult for Miz to do than what he did with Lavar. A lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. Like Lavar, pretty much did what he what he, I thought he was going to do. Aside from the whole thing, yeah. Like he pretty much did what I thought he was going to do. Is just people. The thing is, people hate Lavar Ball so much that like I don't think that they that. The company realized he's not that a face. Don't like him. If they realized people don't like him, even in his own city, then they would have planned something different, right? Or not had him on. And I, go ahead, Jeff. I had two problems with it. One, I think it is hypocritical. Back to my point that was interrupted earlier, but I think it's hypocritical for the company to react the way they did. 
when their CEO was <laughs> dropping the M-bomb on television not that many years ago. The Another other, point I mentioned, yep. The other thing with it, too, though, is unfortunately when things like this go out of hand and they lose control, all it really means in the long run is that we're going to get more scripted promos, more heavy-handedness, less creative freedom for these guys to actually come out and say what they need to be saying to get over. So in the long run, who it really hurts is the product in us as fans because these guys aren't going to be able to cut capitalize on anything capitalize like that. On anything. Yeah. 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 That, 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 the loose unscripted nature, like of, you know, you hand a 15 year old a live mic and say, you know, they, I, me and James like discuss this off air, but you know, if you're, you know, there was no reason that uh, LaMelo's mic had to be turned on. Like, he had no lines in the segment. But, yeah. <clears throat> um... Also, another part about that, seeing that, like, is he a junior or is he a senior? Or he's about to be a senior in high school. He's about to be a junior next year. So he's 16? Yeah. Okay. Seeing that, okay, so he is a kid that will be at UCLA in a, uh, 18 months or whatever, right? Him being on, uh, him being on USA Television, selling like his dad's brand as part of his family thing, isn't that considered a extra? Uh, what do you call it? Uh, one of those NCAA extra violations. Extra benefits. Being, like, now, benefits? now, I don't think it is because he's not a current scholarship athlete. That's why I think LiAngelo wasn't. It doesn't there. matter. Like if you do something, if you do something that's illegal in the NCAA book, uh, uh, book beforehand, you either have to pay it back or whatever, and some type of restitution type of thing. Um, like a fine to become then eligible to sign on. Like obviously, I'm not really getting into it because I don't. I hope the NCAA doesn't profit. I hope they keep that the full the full photos they kid but make sure their kids don't grow. Yeah. But at the same time, like I don't see how like I don't see why Lonzo's even there. Period. Like they're like unless it's for some type of comedy thing or for like it being actual like fan in the stands. Like there's no need for there being minors in the ring. True. You know what I mean? True. Unless it's like some like something for cancer or some type of benefit type thing or for something that's just pure comedy. Or Bill Goldberg's shirtless son. I don't see a benefit at all. Yes, Bill Goldberg's shirtless son. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, but... Yeah. I actually watched that last night. Really? I watched DDP. Yeah, because I watched Halloween Havoc 98 between uh, DDP and Goldberg. Yo, me too. And watched- <laughs> I watched it last night. <laughs> Wow. Would you guys like to break into a review of that? That match is great. It's better than I remembered it. That match is so awesome. It's so awesome. I think it's underrated. So many people rate it at four stars, and I think it's uh, better than that. It's Mm. one of the better WCW main events of all time. It's one of of those matches where, like, when there's good storytelling and really good psychology, like, it doesn't matter, like, if there's Hurricane Ranas or... Wait, wait. Or, you know, people doing dives and stuff. It's like, if you have two big dudes that, that are doing good stuff and are doing smart stuff, and it's a main event the crowd cares, like, it's going to get over. Wait and a second, it, Like, that match is really good. Like, the whole part where he dives out the way for, uh, and he ends up uh, spearing the freaking, um, spearing the post, and then he spears him again at the end of the match, but he can't cover DDP, because he, because his shoulders hurt because he speared him with that shoulder, and then like, like the match is so good. It's just so wait, good. wait a second, James. So you're saying that in order to be a great worker and to have good matches, it doesn't really matter about the moves you're doing so much as much as it is about storytelling and psychology. That's crazy. <laughs> Because yeah, I no. because I've been hearing all these people on the freaking boards and on our page, and they're telling me about how great Jinder is of a worker, and he's better than Hulk Hogan as a worker, and uh, they don't know what working is because they think he's a great worker because he can do a chin lock and a and a freaking body slam properly, but uh, nothing that this dude's ever done in the ring has ever told a story at all. The only reason that his matches with Randy Orton have stories is because he's got the Singh brothers bouncing for him and bumping for him, and they're doing every smoke. Okay, Okay. I think you're being a little unfair to gender. Given the spot, look, given the spot that he's been put into where he has never, ever, 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 like... Let me hold on. Let me the breaks. I'm not being unfair to gender. WWE's being unfair to gender. They set him up for this failure. I didn't set him up for this failure. No, no. I think that gender is a capable hand, right? Sure. But the thing is, before before watching that match, um, that that Money in the Bank, I did not know that he was a capable, a competent wrestler. I had no idea. Uh You know what I mean? Because. 
They never positioned him in a in a, in a WWE ring to have a have a main event um, pay per view match. So whatever he's doing, whether it's good or bad, it's completely unfair to him because he shouldn't be in this position because he never had reps to even get to this point. Right, correct. Not my fault. Did, did, did you want to like continue that, Josh? Well, the big thing was you were saying about Jinder versus Hogan. Oh, well, Hogan's significantly better as far as in-ring work goes, and it has nothing to do with his execution of moves. It has to do with storytelling and psychology. I would disagree. But I mean, I mean, there's there's nothing. There's nothing to just. You know what I mean, huh, what's that? But uh, but the thing is, freaking Hulk Hogan, like freak, Hulk Hogan's one of those guys. that's like, you remember when Cornette was talking um, in the intro or the introduction speech for the Rock and Roll Express? Right. Yeah, bull door out here. Bro. He was saying that freaking um, I think Gibson, Gibson will sell that hot tag, and he would reach out to the fans and would literally say, "Help me!" <laughs> yeah. And the crowd would, 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 would get on their goddamn feet and give all they had to them. Hogan was one of those dudes when he was in that bear hug from Andre the Giant or getting or getting whatever rest hold slapped on him and by some dude, Hogan will have, will have the whole damn arena reaching out trying to give their energy to him like it's like it's the damn spirit bomb in Dragon Ball Z Correct. so he can overcome. And he will hook up, he will big boot the ass, and then atom, atomic leg drop him, and then go home with the, with the belt. Correct, bro, and that and that speaks to my point. What you're saying is that he's a fantastic right. worker because he knows how to work the crowd and tell a story. And Jinder doesn't know how to do that. He's just a competent hand, and that's all. That's my whole point. And it's actually the reason I'm saying this. It's not that I'm on a tirade to be like Hulk Hogan's the best. It's that there's literally people on the boards being like, "This guy's better than Hulk Hogan." I'm like, well, my whole thing is this, right? I would not, like, if there's something, there are certain things where, like, you got to make sure you get certain straightened out. Like, so, certain things straightened out. So, when you when I see ridiculous stuff online, and there's somebody I know or care about, or I, I might actually, like, give half of a fuck about their opinion, <laughs> I might hit them up and see, like, what's going, like, what's their rationale for it. And then if it's something that, like, I just feel is, like, something that's not ridiculous, I'll be like, okay, I'll let it slide. After they tell me what their thought is, and I might reply whatever. Then if it's something that I find is ridiculous, then like we'll get into it and we'll, we'll we'll hash it out more and more and more. And then like I come to a point where either we agree to disagree, or I'm just going to avoid you all together. And for this particular part of this, because like I don't want to go through the through this again because you're clearly have something going on with you. Because like this is what your your opinion is unreasonable. You know what I mean? Right. So like you gotta you gotta take certain. Certain, uh, you got to put that in your mind with some of this stuff. Like some stuff just ain't reasonable. So if it ain't reasonable, why even <laughs> exhaust your, you know, like your mental health trying to like write the world? I'm not trying to write the world. I just can't imagine that people generally believe or genuinely believe that gender is a great wrestler. I'll but never get it, but that's, um, <laughs> that's that, I, guess. I think he's fine. He's fine. With that, we got the Punjabi prison match coming back. Uh, this is going to be the third one in WWE history. Um, they went ahead and they they booked this match out of nowhere. Essentially, um, I feel like in the lead up, we need to have Randy Orton versus the Singh brothers on a TV before the pay per view, so he can basically eliminate them. So Jinder has to come out by himself. You know, and the thing with the this gender thing, you know, folks will ask me, you know, how do you, like, if you're not really, like, investing into it and paying attention to what gender's doing, how can you, you know, accurately judge him? I'm like, when that, whenever they start taking short, or stop taking shortcuts with him, I'll know that there's something actually worth to check out. So, removing the Sing Brothers from, you know, the next pay-per-view match would be a big step towards that. Would you guys agree? Uh, I think ultimately if they book this the way they booked JBL in his year-long reign, which seems very similar and very relative, even without them, he'll find some sort of loophole way to win this match, whatever that will be. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna have to he'll get thrown something. through the ring or something like, yeah. like JBL. He'll get thrown through the ring like, yo, that match is great, by the way. That I, that's my favorite Big Show match. Oh my gosh, really? I love that I match. Think- 
you know what? I think Rich showed me that match. It's unbelievable. And, and I saw the ending and I was like, dude, if I had seen that, I would have stopped watching wrestling right fucking day. <laughs> you tell me this nigga won because you got choked through the fucking ring. Yes. Or whatever in a cage match and, and, and he ran and he can't he crossed one of the curtain, so that's a W. Nah, bro. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um but yeah, Punjabi prison match. You guys excited for this? No. Fuck no. Yeah, so we've seen t- we've had two of the matches and both of the matches have been paying as terrible. So I mean So we're I'm gonna, gonna see the greatest this. one of all time then, right? Yeah, I'm, we probably I'm, will I'm actually say this, right. I would say that the the basic function of the match is not a bad is not a bad, you know, premise. It just they never had a good match for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like it's basically a double cage match. Yeah. So you know this I mean? is so essentially like, theory, like a kennel of doom. It is like the kennel of doom with bamboo. Yep. And instead of dogs you have bamboo. Yeah. Um for those of y'all that are gonna enjoy that, y'all have fun with that. Uh I'll be looking forward to whatever the fuck AJ Styles and Nakamura and those guys are doing on a pay per view. Um but yeah what if Nakamura don't have a match. It'll be Nakamura and Corbin. What if they do Corbin versus Zane again? No, it looks like they're going Zane Canellis. So Yeah, they are. Oh yeah, that's right. And Mike Canellis right. is gonna beat him too. I hope not. He will. <laughs> yeah, he will. I, I hope yeah, he not. Will. Poor Sami Zayn. Um, you know, and I can see it right now. I can see what happens right now. It's next week on SmackDown. Sami Zayn has a match. He comes in for a promo, and he ends up getting he's getting screwed out of a match, or he's getting music. Jumped, uh, and beat up by, by Mike Bennett. Yeah, um, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think about what else was on Monday Night Raw. The women's. It looks like Sasha versus Alexa is official now. Um, Nia Jax yep. got a long portion to shine. James, but before that, Bailey is finished. Yeah. Um, you know, that was like my third thought of the match. My first thought was, geez, like they, all of those months of stuff they've done with Sasha, or not Sasha, but with Nia Jax, and her basically going through the whole entire women's roster Got her more over that night than any other point that she's been on the uh, been on the main roster, and then they and at the end she loses at the end as a heel fighting underneath going through what four of the women getting to the fifth woman and losing to Sasha Banks who was fresh. <laughs> like you would think to build like some type of valiant baby face, like you could have started this match with Sasha Banks versus Bailey, right, and then let them two go out there and kill it for however long they were going to do it. The match like went. Like thirty minutes or so, it felt like. I think the main thing was to put to put in your mind that regardless of whoever wins this title, they have Nia Jax on their hands, and and and, and like maybe now they build her. You know, you know when they first started the brand split, we thought of you know Nia and Strowman being neck and neck as like who's going to be the monster that makes it. And at the beginning, it was Nia until all of a sudden Braun Strowman took the hell off. Right. So one of them got to wrestle Sami Zayn, and the other one didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's yeah. what happened, James. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it'll and you know there's also other cool things like think of um, Survivor Series like Braun Strowman almost ended AJ Styles' career like it actually almost ended his his ability to walk the rest of his life. <laughs> so and then he killed Ellsworth too. And Survivor Series, like, they let him do a bunch of cool stuff. They didn't really let Nia do cool stuff. Like, they let her beat up people for forever. But, like, now, this was the first time I thought, like, the crowd was actually behind her and actually, like, impressed by her brute force and size and, like, the danger she presents. And then, you know, Sasha Lasser because she had to take out four previous competitors. Right. Um... I don't know if this means that like I'm I'm a, I'm expecting some screwy in their match. Like I'm assuming that like Nia's gonna come out there and basically like become like her deep come Alexis Diesel. Mm-hmm. Or I mean the women's services like her Tamina, like when Tamina was around AJ. Right. Um but we'll see. Like I don't know I think you know, I think AJ or Bailey, um 
Bailey's basically just going to be off TV. Like, keep her, <clears throat> bro, if I'm down, I keep her out till Survivor Series. I give her a fake injury and say she's got to go. I wouldn't do that. I'll just keep her off TV until, like, Sasha wins the title. And then you come out and they celebrate. And then Sasha turns on her as, and she's the heel champion. I mean, why can't Bailey turn on her? At this rate. But that's just more heat. More heat. Yep. I, you think that's a good place to leave off? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep, more heat. You know, and if you guys are upset, we ended at 54 minutes. More heat. You know, we, we're going to... Like, it was so funny listening to... I listened on YouTube to a bunch of, like, Brian and Benny retros before Bailey won the title. And every... Like, when they brought her out for the tag match... With Dana Brooke and Charlotte, and it was uh, Bailey as the special uh, special surprise tag mate of Sasha. She was over like Rover. Then they took her back to NXT to lose to Oscar, and then she came into the main roster, and then she beat Charlotte like three times in a row in one on one matches. But she kept having to be held off and held off and kept at arm's length so they could finish out Charlotte versus Sasha. And then they got to weird part of the year. And then they let her win on TV, and then she lost the Royal Rumble. Or, I'm sorry, she lost the Royal Rumble, and then she won it on TV. And then, like, she defended it at, Royal, at WrestleMania, and then, like, she loses it in her hometown. And then they just made her lamer and lamer and lamer and lamer. And it's like, people think, like, she was, like, a dead-end gimmick. Like, like when you saw, uh, like uh, the, t- the Ten God, for example, or when you saw Adam Rose at NXT, mm-hmm. but they they fucked this up over a span of five six months. Royally, remember Adler. remember when they said that she was going to be the female Cena? She should be the female Cena. I know. <sighs> I don't know, or man. Like she's like she's one part Macho Man, one part one part Bart. I mean Barney, like. She should be a merchant. She should be a a, a a meant to sell money, and they fucked it up. She lost Look, Izzy. Yeah, it, yeah. She lost her biggest fan, James. No, she didn't. James is her biggest fan. She just doesn't know <laughs> it. Well, I, look. Okay. I am her biggest fan inside. Um, now, as far as like, as far as like the biggest like. Mark? Fan, like Izzy is the bigger fan, like the same way that like Rihanna is LeBron's biggest fan. Like she's clearly the most famous Bailey fan. Not right. anymore. Yeah, not anymore. So that that spot is vacant, James. So you can just slide right on in there. What you think of that? Yeah, look, I, well, I don't, I don't like your tone when you say slide. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Didn't mean it that way, but you know. But, I, like like I said, I don't like your tone. But what I will say is like, I'll still take all of I'll still take all of your uh, whatever shares of Bailey that you're selling. I'll take it all. Right. I'll take it all. I'll, I'll still I'll look. I'll still ride for it. I'll still ride for ride it. Ride for my dog. Yep. All right, man. Uh, we're gonna wrap this show up because we're gonna get into viewing this G1 special. We watched a couple of the preliminary matches and uh, on really mute, good. And it's been really good. And uh, they're about to start the U.S. tournament. So it's, that ugly belt. Yeah, yeah. It's a little. It's a little big on the plate side. Um, it looks real universal. Yeah. <laughs> the big really? red strap. Uh, Shouts out to uh, Jeremy who just dropped his WWE G1 um, series. Uh, it's a fantasy booking column, getting a lot of love on that first, uh, the night one edition. So he's going to be putting those out uh, every couple days. So enjoy that. I've pretty much started the Lattice Lariat. That's going to be my um, uh, my column series where it's like around 700 is words. It's a quick, fast strike that does a lot of impact, you know, and gets out of there. And, so essentially um, it's the... Uh, Sting and Luger versus Steiner Brothers of, of writing blogs, huh? <laughs> uh, all power moves, yep, 10 minutes. All, all power moves. So, you know, I'm not coming out there to uh, give you 3,000 words right now. We're going to go ahead and give you 700 at a time and let you marinate with them. You know, you can go right to the bathroom while you're on the john and pass the time or whenever you, you got a free moment. Um, 
Hey, hey, I would encourage you if you're gonna tell people to uh, to use the, the read your article while they're doing whatever you're doing on the bathroom. You need to also tell them to wash their hands. They stinking asses. <laughs> wash your hands. Wash your hands. God damn it. Um, what else do we have going on? Um, trying to think. Uh, Wrestling Squares Facebook group. Make sure you guys uh, check that out. Uh, shout out to all the members in there. Uh, we're going to start having more of you guys join the show. Uh, if you are interested in joining the show, I'm going to try to come up with like an official system where you can like submit something. Like saying when you are available and all that. And uh, shout out to uh, a friend of the show, Dave Fennishow, who just uh, started doing his uh, SummerSlam main event uh, review series. So he took all the main events of SummerSlam history and he's ranking them from worst to best. Um, shockingly, I've seen uh, four matches and I haven't seen Mabel versus Diesel on that. So oh we're, we're going to yes, we're going to um, let Mister Finishel come on on this show uh, soon and defend himself and explain this logic uh, to us because I've tried to had to have this conversation with him and it, you know we're just hey, maybe, at a stalemate right now. Maybe we need to go back and watch Diesel Mabel. Maybe it's not as bad as we remember it i watched it i watched i I watched it so this year's SummerSlam will be the what the 20 what the 29th 28th edition of SummerSlam. i don't know the first one was 88 oh so it's 30 like so it'll be 39 so this is SummerSlam 30 maybe yeah yeah it would be the look just make sure that they don't go out here and and call like and do it like with wrestlemania where they call the 25th anniversary the 25th wrestlemania the 25th anniversary no that's not the 25th 25th anniversary anniversary. that's the 24th next year would be the 30th anniversary right right all right man uh we're gonna wrap this up uh peace later see you guys brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.